Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Uh, thank you for your time, and thank you for joining us. Uh, I founded and have led the group since August 2012, and I'm joined today in Richardson, my Chief Financial Officer. Good afternoon, everybody. So, the first half of this year, well, I think when we came to IPO, we set ourselves some very tough targets in terms of revenue growth, and I'm pleased to be here before you to say actually we're on course. And we've got a very strong first half of the year, and we're sitting very strongly to finish the year with coverage in terms of secured and contracted volumes to cover the rest of our target this year. On the back of our performance in HRM, the board has decided to uplift the targets for next year, and we've increased them by 14% to a new revenue target of £80.1 million. And right now, as we're sitting here in front of you, we've got 72% cover of that increased target. So again, that just shows you how strong this first half has been. We'll get into some of the detail in just a moment there, but you can see the summary piece, we're on course. Just as a reminder, we trade under the brand name of Synergist, and we have two areas. The first are on energy, which is really about the renewal of end-of-life heating and hot water systems for both residential and commercial buildings. And the other side is Synergist Water, and that really helps both commercial and domestic homes basically becoming more water efficient and reducing their water consumption. As you can see, some of the sample of our clients based we do a lot of work in the public sector, but we also work for water utilities and energy utilities, but also private sector clients like H10 hotels, for example. Our technology plays a key role in both sides of our business. What our technology is, is it's called a pressure independent flow controller. What it means is that if you, for example, in your own house, turn on the kitchen tap in the evening, the actual flow of water coming out from the tap constantly changes as other people in your house turn on their taps or flush the toilet, or your neighbor next door turns on his taps. So as a result of that, the pressure changes and the flow varies. With our technology, we eliminate those flow fluctuations to give a very steady, even flow of water with a variation of less than 2% as certified by Kiva. It's the only technology that Kiva is certified in that way of being truly pressure independent. This allows us when we install it in mains cold water going into a property, because we eliminate those fluctuations, we reduce water wastage, and that has big impacts in terms of reducing consumption. Obviously consumption savings are up to 26% in domestic home settings. That also has a big impact in eating and energy consumption as well, allowing us to save on people's bills based on pilots that we've done around £360 on their energy and water bill. And we'll come in a moment and we'll show you a little bit of more detail on that. So what's driving the growth in our business? Well, in terms of energy, it's being driven by climate change and the need to basically reduce our carbon emissions. 
So we work with lots of clients and as a company, we're technology agnostic. We don't say to people that it's a particular solution for everything. We look at their site or their circumstance and then identify the best solution that meets their needs. And right now for a lot of our clients, they're choosing heat pump solutions using either SOC pumps or ground source heat pump systems to both reduce their consumption, but most importantly, reduce their energy bills and the cost of energy coming in. Sadly, the war in Ukraine has driven up prices. And right now, net zero is really high up on the organization's agenda list for many of our clients. And they're basically moving to heat pumps to basically get a control on their energy costs and bring those costs down. In terms of water, what's driving that is actually climate change and the problems that people are having around basically water scarcity and water stress. And by water stress, what it's meaning is that the extracting water from the ground, the water levels on the ground are dropping. And people are saying that in terms of areas around London, etc., they're expecting drought conditions to become year-round conditions in about the next 10 to 15 years' time. And the stress you see every summer to get worse each year. Now, those targets that are being adopted right around the world, of course, in the UK, and our plan is to expand into the EU in the case of the energy offering, but worldwide in terms of our product offerings on the water side of it, each of those countries are adopting their own targets. And those are creating opportunities for us as an organization. Just to show you what it means in terms of the growth in our addressable market, this is social housing in the UK and looking at their flats. And this is the spend when systems come to end of life. So traditionally, a few years ago, we operated in the first top three segments. This is electrical systems, communal heating systems, and all systems. They're coming to end of life and people are looking to replace those, either fitting more efficient gas systems, gas communicating system, or moving to a heat pump time solution. What's happening now is that people have adopted net zero targets for themselves. And as a result, they're taking out the individual gas boilers that still exist in apartment blocks at the moment. The dark blue, as you can see. The other driver for this is that Gas distribution companies, people like Cadent in the London area, are saying that they cannot maintain gas safety when they're piping up gas above a certain height in high-rise blocks. So they're saying to our clients, we're going to chop your gas pipes. This means that for the residents, either the client has to fit electrical heating systems, storage heating, which is too expensive for residents to use and will drop them straight into fuel poverty or they move to basically a communal heating system powered by gas or they make the jump into a heat pump solution and to help households or clients make that switch the UK government has a number of incentives and you can see them on the right hand side and quasi Quartang's mini budget actually increased the incentives and brought in new schemes, as you can see on the bottom right, and on the top two, on the bottom two shown in the top right there. The UK government is seeing net zero and the move to clean energy as a way of growing the marketplace, growing and 
achieving their growth targets or the GDP targets. And you can see in terms of the EU, again, you've got EU targets and you've got individual city targets as well. So in terms of highlights for the six months gone in Atron, well, as I say, we got awarded just at the end of Atron and just falling into just outside of it, multi-year contracts with both new and existing clients. And that gives us great visibility looking out for the next three years. During H1, of course, we secured the first major agritech contract. Those of you here to listen to, when we came to IPA, we talked about the expansion into agritech. Well, I'm pleased to say that we did that. First million pound contract. And on the back of that, we're in conversations with three other states in India and with some good follow-on opportunities coming up there. I mentioned about networking neutrality. Please hang on, we'll come to that. We've got a dedicated slide that'll give you a lot of detail on that. And that again has led us to invest in and launch a new B2C offering. And again, we'll come and talk about that in just a moment there. And the final thing and the highlight on H1 is, well, um, this is a ground source drilling capability that we acquired to meet a particular pressure issue that we could see in the UK marketplace. I'm pleased to say the integration has gone well. And what Wealthum does, it improves our vertical integration when we're fitting ground source heat pump systems, basically improves our margin. So now just moving on to some of the uh, financial highlights. I think one of the most pleasing aspects there has been that 92% growth uh, in revenue from H1 FY22 levels of 12.6 million up to the reported 24.2 million for the half year just finished. And that's resulted in uh, growth in gross profit by uh, 64% to 9.9 million for the half year. And whilst we have seen a lot of growth in gross profit, that uh, full growth in revenue hasn't transferred because, as expected, we have seen lower margins on our larger contracts that we're now undertaking and they typically uh, attract uh, more competition than those previous uh, smaller contracts that we used to undertake and that's really reflected in our average contract size so for the half one for fy22 average contract size was 2.25 million and that's now increased at the half year to 3.5 million uh, and as we highlighted at ipo those margins are declining they haven't necessarily declined at the rate we originally anticipated, but uh, we do expect that they will sort of decline a little further and settle around about the 35% mark in FY24. So all of that resulted in us in achieving an adjusted EBITDA of £4 million, an increase of 23% from the previous period. And that's really reflected by our investment in infrastructure and the team in H1, to ensure that we can deliver those H2 projects and beyond. So you can also see there that at the end of H1, we had gross cash of 6.5 million and a net debt position of 200K following the drawdown of our HSBC facility in the period. So then looking forward and uh, group revenue, what are the key drivers that have helped us secure that forward visibility? You can see there on the left-hand side, as Mitesh says, really, it's an increased focus from clients on those low-carbon solutions, particularly uh, as a result of the, the war in Ukraine and the cost-of-living crisis, where client tenants are seeing that their fuel bills increase. 
and also that continued support uh, from the government, including those recent packages that Matesh mentioned, which uh, will see an additional £1 billion uh, invested over the next three years. So all of that has seen us for FY23 have full audible coverage for the remainder of our financial year with currently £37.9 million worth of work either contracted or secured. And for FY24, we also now have £57.5 million worth of work either contracted or secured. And as a result of that, we've increased our revenue target for FY24 to £80 million. So we're currently sitting with 72% coverage for next year. Typically, we would expect to start a financial year with somewhere between 80 and 85% coverage. So then moving on to the some detail around the income statement, as you can see there, the revenue up from 12.6 to 24.2 million. As I touched on that gross margin down from the previous period for the reasons that I outlined. But you can see there the big growth in admin expenses up from 3.2 to 6.8 million. And that's really around headcount as we've uh, increased our project capabilities. Uh, and that includes the investment in the, the drilling team and well firm, uh, additional engineering resource, uh, the expansion of our business development team, and uh, largely increasing our project management and tenant liaison capabilities to ensure that we can. Uh, deliver on H2 uh, and beyond. So as I can say, adjusted EBITDA there of 4 million. And the only adjustment that we've made in the half year was for 58k in respect of share-based payment charges. We do expect, as has historically been the case, an H2 bias for both revenue and profits. And that really reflects the nature of our clients' procurement calendars. Typically, they like to preserve their budgets in their first half of the year in case of any unforeseen requirements, and then look to invest in the second half. Uh, and that's what we expect to continue in the current period. So all of that resulted in us producing an adjusted EPS of 6.48p. So then in terms of the balance sheet, I don't really tend to say too much about this other than to highlight that growth in trade receivables. You can see there that they've increased from 3.9 million to 13.1 million. And that's largely due to a number of reasons, including the number of contracts that we currently have underway at the half year compared to the previous period. Also, that growth in average contract size, which I mentioned, up from 2.25 million to 3.5 million. And a change from historic periods as a result of uh, supply chain issues. Uh, we've looked at our project planning and uh, forward ordered a number of key components. Uh, which, although we've then invoiced our clients upon uh, shipping to our sites, has seen growth in those trade receivables. However, post half year end, with the exception of the retention element of those balances, all of those receivables have been collected. So, then moving on to that net debt bridge, you can see there at the start of the period, we didn't have any borrowings and cash of 4 million. In the period that working capital outflow, has been a fairly significant change. As I mentioned, that's really around the project delivery timetable, purchasing those key items to ensure that we can deliver on time. And in addition, we've also acquired a Matthewson uh, for 1.3 million. We've had limited CapEx to date, and that's really been in the form of deposits for new drill rigs for Wellfirm. We expect to take delivery of them towards the back end of this calendar year.
So all of that, together with the new HSBC facility, resulted in us reporting a net debt position of 200k. But looking forward, we expect those working capital requirements to reduce uh, and see the business return to generating cash from its future operating activities. Uh, just a few details on the cash flow, but I've largely covered that on the previous slide. So I'll just move on. And then again, just sort of talking about these, some of these key commercial risks, we've talked uh, about a number of those already. I think in terms of inflation, we continue to manage that inflation risk through the use of uh, fixed price contracts, both with our customers and our suppliers, and also by minimizing the time between contract signing and delivery commencement. That allows us to revisit the pricing both with our customers and suppliers and lock them in, trying to offset those inflation pressures where possible. And as I've highlighted, whilst those changes in project planning have seen us have a negative impact on working capital, we do expect those to reverse in due course and we continue to have sufficient cash resources and generate cash to be able to fund the continued business growth. So just to give you a bit of colour on what does that mean about admin expenses increasing, etc. Well, essentially what we're doing, the majority of that, is investing in people. So our people are really the reason why we're so successful. And each year we do a completely blind confidential survey to go and see what do people think when they're working for us and what's their experience on it. And as you can see, those percentages are very, very high and very strong. We've got a very motivated and committed workforce that's dedicated to delivering high quality outcomes for our clients. And it's that underpinning and that attitude, which means that our clients really like working with our team. It's the reason why they buy into us so much. Because without fail, when you go and when I go and talk to them, what they say to me is actually, we really like working with you. Your team is really excellent, Mitesh. And fantastic there. And that underpins our success to date. So there is a growth there. We are investing in that. We continue to recruit and take great care in recruiting in. But our key goal is to maintain the culture because that's part of the reason why we win. Now, in terms of giving you slightly more detail and flavor on it, let's say the energy crisis is driving organizations to basically prioritize investments. And there is very strong interest in switching to heat pumps because it's basically reducing people's bills. One thing we did expand on this uh, H1 is to actually deliver individual domestic SOC pump systems as well. And that's basically some of our clients had some sites, that was a solution that was best for them. And they asked us to go and deliver that for them. And that's a service that we now offer as well. We are planning to expand our energy offering into Europe. And we've got targets identified in Northwest Europe, specifically Holland and Germany, but conversations are now underway there. And we hope to basically try and conclude those in the coming six months period there. And as Ian mentioned, the UK government has actually boosted the subsidies and is providing additional support to get this acceleration across the next three years. In terms of water, again, the big things were climate smart in terms of the move into agritech, well, that's going really well. Delivered the first third of that contract. That'll get completed by the end of this year. We also continue developing new products, the new patent applications that have gone through in the first half of this year, and are now winding their way through that system. 
in that process there. In terms of control flow, again, network neutrality, it's the very next slide. So what network neutrality is about is basically in the UK, there are 74 local authorities where because of concerns on water stress and nitrate levels, basically new build development is stuck. There's about 120,000 new homes that are stuck in planning that can't get approved because the worry is if that build proceeds, the demand of the local water resource and dealing with the wastewater would tip over and uh, create some environmental issues for them. What happened was two local authorities actually saw the results of our product with Affinity Water and approached us to say, could we use the product in existing properties to reduce their consumption and create headroom to allow the new build in the areas to proceed? So we ran a pilot across the summer, and what we found is basically the short answer was yes. And the ratio is roughly improving three to four existing homes, creates the headroom in existing water supply to allow the new build to proceed. For the developer, it means that the cost of them is about 500 pounds to allow the upgrade to those three properties to be carried out. And as a result of that, they save enough water to allow their new build to get built without increasing demand on water resource or increasing the amount of wastewater that needs to be treated. As part of that pilot, we actually measured what was happening on people's gas consumption based on their gas meters and also on their water consumption based on their water meter data. What we found was that they were saving an average and this was measured across a process which was four weeks measuring consumption without our product being installed. And then six to eight weeks after install, what was the daily saving and then equating it across the entire year. What we found in total was a saving of £360 a year. £90 of that was their water bill. £270 was their gas bill. Substantial savings. For the developers, what they identified was actually this deals with NIMBY issues. Allowing the development to go forward means we can show a direct financial benefit for existing residents in that area. But more so, as we identified, is that this is actually a B2C program opportunity there. And my board made a decision to actually proceed with that. And we're going to be investing about half a million pounds this year to go and put in all the marketing collateral and start to create that program, rolling it out this year and rolling out nationally next year. And the benefit of that, in terms of revenue benefit and financial benefit, we expect to see next year. And in terms of our targets for next year, as Ian mentioned, 80.1 million, they don't allow for the B2C program. So if that's successful and we expect it to be successful, that's actually upside for next year. So very, very exciting, creates a brand new revenue stream for the business. So just uh, to touch on what is our growth strategy, uh, it's two streams, uh, organic growth and inorganic growth. On the organic side for energy, it's the continued focus on securing those larger contracts that we're currently tendering for, particularly within the domestic sector, but also then looking to grow that commercial sector and we're seeing a number of opportunities within the 
NHS sector, so that's a particular interest. On the water side, it's again continuing to build on those relationships with the water utility companies and the housing developers, and also expanding that agri-tech offer and our water neutrality programme, along with, as Vitesh mentioned, the launch of the new B2C service. On the inorganic growth, that will still largely be M&A based, as Matesh mentioned, initially looking at expansion to Northwest Europe, which we outlined at the time of IPO. And as we've already talked about, two targets identified, one in the Netherlands and one in Germany, and conversations are ongoing with both. In addition, we'll continue to try and identify those bolt-on opportunities, which deepen our engagement in those adjacent sectors. And Matthewson is a good example of that, and that's allowed us to enter the healthcare sector. So in terms of summarizing and then turning it over to you guys to ask and answer your questions, what I'll say is that at IPO, we set ourselves some very tough targets. And I'm pleased to say that first half this year, you know, we hit the numbers we wanted to do and we're on course to go and hit our numbers for this year, ending Jan 23. Four months out from the start of the next financial year, Jan 24, we're confident enough to increase our targets by 14% to 80 million pounds. And right now we've got revenue cover of 72% of that increased target already. We're going to be launching the new B2C service offering there. That's going to kick off this year. One thing I should mention, that's in partnership with our water utility clients. We want to go and support that program because basically it helps them meet their water efficiency targets, of course. So it's really, really exciting. And we can see a very, very strong future. And what I'll close by saying is that right now, our clients in the market has a strong demand for the services and products that we offer. So we're in a really great place. Just to say thank you to everybody for dialing in and giving us the opportunity to present our results. And hopefully you'd find it like we do. It's a very exciting opportunity, very exciting future that we can see going forward. Thank you again for your time. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.